This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. All right, Lucy Goosey. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. Um, you know, I thought we would do something, kind of an extension of what we did last week. Uh, we're not going to do any Tesla news this week because things are quiet. But uh, we got such good response from the last show, I thought we would kind of pick up where we left off and maybe do some more talking and stuff and just get caught up and kind of kill some of the boredom. You know, this, this pandemic thing is making us a little lonely, a little cooped up and stuff. So so that's the plan. So this is show 99. And um, so who wants to go first? What's, what's new in your lives? I mean, Eric, you were telling me a little bit earlier, you were having some household. Sure. Uh, I, I'd love to not go first. So Ian, please go on. <laughs> Wow, I need, okay. I need, I need like time to just get my my thoughts together. So, Ian, please indulge us with your new activities. All right, Ian, go for it. Wow. Well, it, it, Trevor kind of talked me into this because what? I figured. I talked you. N- what are you talking about? I yeah. talked you. It's n- all your fault. No, it's, it's not. All your fault. No, it's, it's the power of the iMessage. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, uh, it's there's, there's Trevor's right. I mean, you know, I don't think we have too much in, in Tesla news uh, to report. And I want to assure our, our faithful listeners and viewer, we're not going to ramble on and on about personal lives forever. We will get back to Tesla news. Oh, yes, I absolutely. promise you. You know, it's just that like, yeah, we were um, we were all just going to get together and yak tonight because we didn't figure we'd have much that would interest the greater world. But Trevor's like, no, you know, maybe we have some interesting stories to tell. And you guys did seem to like the last one. I mean, you know, thank you so much for all the positive comments. Yeah, it was that amazing. Was, well, all three of us really loved that. I think I can I can say that for the three. Yeah, we got a lot was, of really um, good comments on that. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to hear. You know, it's like one of those cool things about doing this. It's a real bonus. Like and like I said on the show last week, I would do this if no one listened because we just have a riot. <laughs> By the way, really. we should mention if you if you're just joining us on the show right now and you don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch mm-hmm. episode ninety eight, and then you'll understand what we're talking about. So, anyways, carry on. Yeah. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, really interesting stuff to report. So, you know, we're, we were talking the other night and I'd mentioned that I uh, bought myself another motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> and just like, well, we got to talk about that. I was like, really? Is that something we want to talk about? I don't know. I don't, I don't talk about my biking life too much because dirty little secret, my motorcycles use gasoline. Oh, don't no. tell anyone. What? Ian, yes. no, you're dead no, me. Ian, no, you're dead Come to us. On. I know, I know, no! No! I know, I, know. <laughs> I was so close. I was all out and then they pulled me back in again. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so what'd you end so up getting? Let, what did I end up getting? Well, um, previously I had, um, well, I still have it. It's, it's up for sale now. It has been for a while but I just haven't made a real effort to sell it, is I, I had a 1999 um, Honda CBR 1100XX Blackbird, which is Whoa. what they call a hyper tour. It's, it's a sport bike, but it's big, it's long, it's heavy. It's essentially a personal bullet train. That's, that's what she described said. It. <laughs> there are many analogies. Okay. Maybe I'm compensating for something here. <laughs> but in any event, uh, I've loved that bike to death. It was a huge part of my life for a long time. You know, I, I like bikes virtually as much as I do cars. And, and that's kind of what happened. You know, when I got the Model 3 back in 2018, um, it was life-altering. You know, I could never imagine. I mean, I've been waiting for it for two years at that point. I was all in. You know, the, everybody knows the campout story and the whole thing. I was on the Tesla bandwagon. I drank the Kool-Aid. And when I got the car, I was like, oh, my God. God, this thing's incredible. It's like a ah, motorcycle. What motorcycle? So for like the next two years, I did nothing but drive that car absolutely everywhere, <laughs> including a few famous incidents. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, I, I've been absolutely adoring it, you know, and, and, and the whole Tesla community thing has been a big part of my life. So I didn't really feel the void. And then a funny thing happened. You mm. see, the boys that I love so well, Ewan and Charlie from Long Way Round, Long Way Down, Long Way Up fame, did, did the new one, the, the Long Way Up. Now, I mean, I was super impressed that they did Long Way Up on electric bikes. I think we've talked about that on uh, one of the previous episodes. Uh, if, if anybody out there hasn't watched it, go and watch it. Oh, it's yeah. on Apple TV, Long Way Up. Even if you're not into motorcycles, it's a fantastic adventure. Like um, Brigitte, my, my dear Ms. Mad, uh, was briefly into bikes. And, you know, she got into it because of Long Way Around. We watched it two times back to back. She was so enamored with it. She said, well, I got to get a motorcycle. She went out, got her license, bought all the gear, bought a bike, and then discovered that bikes are cold, bikes are hot, bikes are damp when it's raining. <laughs> Bikes are gorgeous in theory, but the reality yeah. was not for her. So she rode for a year or two. She gave it her all, but she's like, nah, this is not for her. This is not what it looks like on TV. I said, mm. no, it's it's tough. You know, it can be tough anyway. So yeah, she got out of it, but she never begrudged me, you know, like uh, so I've I've been on so many fantastic trips since. Uh, and then I um, when I got the Blackbird, I I was really into um, what are called um, LDR events, long distance riding events. Like the most famous one's probably the Iron Butt Rally, yeah. where these complete insane asylum cases will ride 11,000 miles or 17,000 kilometers in 11 days. That's the minimum mileage required to finish. Whoa. Think of what that's like. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've done long rides on uncomfortable motorcycles. I can't imagine what that's like. Well, I did, I did one day of it. I did my own personal iron butt certification, which is you have to drive a, a ride a minimum of 1,000 miles in 24 hours. So uh, my friend Pete and I, that was the last big ride I had on the Blackbird. Uh, we did a, a trip down to um, Tale of the Dragon yeah. in um, Kentucky there. And uh, that was, what, yeah, about two, two and a half years ago. And, yeah, we did um, 1,100 miles, so about 1,700 kilometers in 18 hours. That was intense. That was that was pretty interesting. So yeah, and I've been competing in um, in these long distance rallies where they're kind of like treasure hunt things, where you drive all over the countryside. Like I've done five states and two provinces in one day, like you know, twelve hundred kilometers in twelve hours, where you're going around hunting for treasure type stuff, like really really crazy stuff. And I loved every minute of it. So what I didn't appreciate was the fact that you know this is a big part of my life. And when I when I got the three, well, everything just got obliterated. That nuked every other pastime. Like I didn't even pick up a screwdriver around the house, man. I was just driving that car for two years. <laughs> so slowly, it kind of creeps back in. And then when we watched Long Way Up, I was just like, wow, I miss that part of my life, like dearly, dearly, dearly. And my friend uh, Pete, who's been my riding buddy, God, since I've been riding motorcycles thirty years, was had been slowly planting this thing in my head. It's like you know we need to get dirt bikes and we're going to need to go like do some of this adventure riding type stuff. That's really where it's at. We've both been strictly street riders. So I kicked around that idea. Let's get a cheap, you know, enduro and boot around in the woods. But I know myself, you know, at this age, you know, uh, we're, we're getting close to 60 here now. <laughs> I don't know how much real dirt riding I want to do, like bouncing off trees. So maybe I'll do an adventure bike, you know, something like what you see the boys do on, on the long way series. So um, I picked up a 2014 Suzuki um, V-Strom 650, the little one, which is affectionately called the Wee-Strom. And um, I think that's going to be a good ride for me. I, I mean, I just rode it home from the dealership um, yesterday, and uh, I am, uh, I'm quite enamored of it. I think it's going to be just the ticket. It's comfortable. It's reasonably fast with knobby tires, right setup, some suspension tuning. It can be thrown around off-road. I've seen people jump them and do dumb things. 
So uh, I think it's going to be fun. So it's it's another chapter of my life. And the only thing I regret, you know, uh, for all of you out there who, who who want to shame me, and you're right to do so, you're right to do so. I, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a little step backwards from my 12-step get off the hydrocarbon plan. But um, I can't quite get there on an electric bike yet. You know, like, um, it's sad. I think we're totally there as cars, uh, with cars. There's no question. I mean, Tesla has proven that. And there's other competitors coming up. There's really no excuse now not to get an electric car for most uses, most people. You know, if we can go across the country in 73 hours, what the hell excuse does anybody have? Uh, always the great story to tell when, when someone brings up an ejection. But with bikes, it's a little bit different. You know, like, um, this is something I'm only going to use a couple of times a year. You know, like, I want to go out and do two or three trips on a weekend. And most of the time, it's going to sit in the garage because I just as soon take the car around here. And to go out, you know, to get something that's reasonably capable in an electric bike right now is is starts at about twenty twenty five thousand. Yeah, Canadian. they're very expensive. Yeah, like an it's SR. It's a big, yeah. You know, like I'd love, you know, zero. zero. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic bikes, just gorgeous. Uh, the Livewire from Harley, you know, which is the bike they took on on Long Way Up modified. That's forty thousand know, Canadian. Yeah, thirty eight grand it starts at. Yeah. That's a lot of money for something, again, that I'm just going to go out and goof around with a couple of times a year. So I I, I apologize, EVQ, I don't want to. It's just that I, I committed every last spare cent I had to buying the car. Maybe what I should have done is bought an SR and not gone off the deep end with the performance model. Mm-hmm. But I have this problem with doing things halfway. <laughs> doesn't seem to happen. <laughs> it's like, why do it when you can overdo it? So I, th- I think it's interesting because this is the V-Strom, so it's a V-Twin. And I know yeah. that you had told me some time ago when you went to Europe, you had rented a Ducati Multistrada. <gasps> Was that not in your plans either, or is it just the cost? My Italian mistress. I know, how they're I'm, beautiful. How I miss her. Oh. <gasps> I had had one before. It, Trevor and I have so many similarities in life. It's like, you know, when I say he's my brother from another mother, people, I'm not kidding. We both had the same model Ducati, a 900SS. Back in the day, yeah, I had a uh, I had a mid '90s one. It, mine didn't have the full fairing; it had the bikini fairing. So yeah, I had developed a taste for them, but they're really like Ferraris, right? I mean, for two or three hours, they're thrilling, but to ride all day, no, I'd rather have be hit over the head with yeah, something. They're blunt. not comfortable. No, but the multi the Multistrada. Yeah. Oh God, that bike wants to go and go and go and go. It has no limits. I mean, um, one day I'll I'll have to throw it up on YouTube. The footage I, I shot about eighty hours of film. Oh, wow. With uh, with a frame mount camera and a helmet mount camera. And there's one spectacular scene where I race uh, a Ferrari 458 and a Lamborghini Aventador up <laughs> one of the passes on the border of Italy and Switzerland. And it's absolutely out this world insane. Like I'm pulling the thing out of hairpins, full throttle, wheeling it as it comes out of the corner. It's like I rode like a possessed man, like only because that's how good that bike is. Like, the bike has made me a better rider. That's how insanely good it is. It's like you could do things on it I wouldn't contemplate on any other bike. It was, yeah, oh, what an experience that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fantastic bikes. I mean, out of I've owned a number of motorcycles, but uh, the Ducati, my last one that I had, that's the one I missed. That, yeah. well, that was my favorite. There was just something about that bike. Um, you know, I think we were having a discussion with a few of the guys on Twitter there today about uh, different bikes and stuff. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the thing I found about Japanese motorcycles is that they're, they're very peaky, right? They have four cylinders, they're in line, 
you know, they'll rev up to 13, 14,000 RPM and stuff. Um, the Hondas are buttery smooth, and so that's nice. But there's just something about the Ducati having a skinny bike, right? Because it's a V-twin, and it's in yeah. line, and it's got all the torque on the low end. So you can just, just roll on the throttle and just ride that wheelie all the way down the street in first gear. It's just yeah. uh, without popping the clutch. It's just a tree stump puller. That's what I called it. It's crazy. So, But I, I don't miss my riding days, but it was a fun bike to have. I love washing that thing. It was so beautiful. God, I wish I had a picture yeah. here. Maybe I'll put one in post so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Mine was uh, Hornet yellow and black. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't no, the t- typical was... red Ducati. You know, it was a... I had to have a red one. Your first one has to be red. <laughs> That's the rule. Like Ferraris. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, si- I'm sitting here hearing all of this because I'm not a, I'm not a, a bike kind of guy. Um, and all I, all I imagine is this conversation must be like when animals are in the room with humans. When it's like a pet <laughs> owner relationship, <laughs> the the animal knows wow, there are wow. sounds occurring, but they're just staring off in the distance like, humans are weird. <laughs> and all, all I can imagine is like, I'm like a cat in the room, just like, I don't know what the hell y'all are saying, but all right, just, yeah. is there food and water in my bowl? Well, you know what? Pi- pilots are the same way. Ian and I both been pilots, uh, you know, yeah. motorcycle guys, same way. We all have our little, little lingo and, and things going on. So, yeah. Interesting. Cool. So... Um, I, I guess you're waiting for the weather to really get warmed up so that you can get out there and... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm no. going out this Sunday. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> Hells oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got all my... See, I do have all my electric gear. And, and in, 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 in an homage to my, my Tesla, I just ordered a lithium-ion 12-volt battery. There for you the go. Bike. There you go. I'll, I'll have the little tiny piece of the EV world with me. You, you are redeemed, my friend. Where I'm going. Hey, by the way... So how, how, far could, how far could you go on your bike before you have to uh, refuel? This bike has exceptional range. Um, it gets like around four or five liters per hundred kilometers. That's what, like okay. 60 miles to the gallon or something. So on a 20-liter okay. tank, it'll go uh, 250 miles, no problem. Oh, nice. That's pretty 400 good. 400 kilometers, yeah. Yeah, it's got yeah. fantastic range. By the way, if anybody's interested, I'll put a link in the video in the podcast description to Ian's sale of his current CBR. So maybe my might as well help him out. Get yes, if you guys we are must find it a good home. Like yeah. I poured so much love into that bike. I, you know, like I'm not going to go on a technical rant of all the stuff that's been done to it. You can read the ad, but yeah, you know, I spent a small fortune yeah, on. I that can vouch thing. for it. I've seen the bike in person. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So. Cool. All right. How about you, Eric? What have you been up to? Oh, God. Well, <laughs> if you're... <laughs> hey, you have a new bike. Look behind this, you. Yeah. This, this week... Um, all right. So there's this classic meme. If you're fans of the show 30 Rock on NBC, Tina Fey is a comedic genius. Uh-huh. Yes. And there's this meme where I want to say... Um, I think it's where, where her character, uh, Liz Lemon, is like, man, what a week. And then... Um, Alec Baldwin's character is like, it's only Wednesday. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how this year has felt like for me uh, on a weekly basis. So this week started, um, I'll get to the bike behind me just a bit. Uh, This week started where Sunday night um, I had my parents over. So in, I had my parents, my girlfriend and me were all socially distanced uh, outside of my house. And I am the only non-vaccinated person of that group. Really? Of that quad, of that quad, yeah. Uh, Tracy has had her vaccine, her yeah. first of two, uh, as an educator. My parents, because uh, they're you know like you guys, old, uh, they had their <laughs> vaccines. Nice. So they, 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 I think they're having their second shot very soon. Uh, I think it's like next week or so. But anyway, 
So they were all vaccinated. We're all doing our thing. We're just hanging out. My dad's helping me with something around the house. We had dinner, that sort of thing. So then um, after they leave, my parents do to go back home, uh, I go to grab some frozen custard from the freezer and it's softened. And not like, oh, it's just been on the counter for a few minutes. I mean, it is like as if you just milked a cow. Very soft. <laughs> um <laughs> So I'm like, this is kind of strange. I don't know what's going on. So I could, I feel the temperature in the freezer, and it is warm relative to what a freezer ought to be. So um, I figured it's just some weird anomaly. We adjust the temperatures and wait till the next day. Well, the next morning, we, we go and check, and we end up popping in some uh, fridge thermometers in there. And the freezer uh, was not doing any freezing at all. It essentially had been almost the same temperature as the fridge side which was in the low 40s. So the freezer was around 40, 42. Fridge was hovering around the mid 40s. I was like, well, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> so um, we immediately started putting things uh, that were thawing in the fridge. I'm sorry, thaw, thawing in the freezer. Uh, figuring out what's got to get cooked. What can we, you know, just make sure we don't get uh, bacteria and stuff. And it was just like a mad rush to figure stuff out. Long story short, uh, called a number of companies. First, a manufacturer, which is LG. Um, I won't blaspheme them on this podcast, but let's just say I'm not big fans of the experience of this uh, entire thing. Mm. Um, for those that do not know, we have an LG side-by-side refrigerator and has an LG um, inverter. I'm um, sorry, a uh, compressor. And it's a linear compressor. And there were in 2017, there was a class action lawsuit because these things continue to fail. So long story short, now they covered for 10 years. Um, so that ended up causing the issue. That's why it can't regulate temperature. So that's going to get fixed eventually, but it won't be for, let's say we're recording on the 18th of March. Uh, it might not be till April that I have a working fridge. So yeah, yeah. So we're trying to, we're trying to consume perishables as best as we can. We have everything under ice as much as possible. Uh, we cooked what we can cook, but, uh, it's going to be pantry staples (laughs) for a good while. Um, so, so that's the thing. That's an unexpected expense. Good times. Uh, then, uh, then after that, um, after having consumed some of this cooked food, I succumbed to a very, very bad case of stomach bug. Uh, so for two days, I, I just had it, it's, and I will say, um, without getting graphic, um, it just imagine you blow up a balloon and you seal it, but instead of, you know, going, oh, wow, look, we're going to tie a string to it. You just ingest the balloon. That's what my <laughs> abdomen felt like for two days. So I just felt bloated and distended um, for a couple of days. Gaviscon, Gaviscon. I'm glad, I'm glad this is entertaining for everybody. Um, <laughs> no, one, no one can take, a, no one can take a, a case of HIPAA and make it like a hippo. So, um, so, I, so I felt like that for two days, and I, I couldn't burp it out. I couldn't excrete it any other way. Um, so I'm, I'm, like, taking chewable gas medication uh, it helped a bit, and then now I'm just burping like crazy after that, but it's, the pain's just really, really bad. Uh, so two days of that, and then a headache's really going along with it. So eventually it went away, and then today my allergies were like, hi again, <laughs> as if it wasn't enough, hi again. So um, so I can't wait till the weekend, and hoping that no other medical malfunctions come up or no other appliances uh, begin to die. Now, transition to the bicycle behind me. If you're listening to this, uh, wonderful podcast. I apologize. You can't see these things, which is why you should go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Um, so the bike behind me, and I mean bike as in bicycle, uh, the bicycle behind me is a bike from Priority Bicycles. Uh, they're based in New York State. Uh, it is a um, called the um, Classic Gotham Edition. So it's the Priority Classic Gotham Edition. It's all black, uh, this baby. bike, 
all black. It's a matte black finish. Um, the bike came like 98% fully assembled. All we really had to do was put the handlebars into the slot uh, after turning the front gears around, attach the front wheel, uh, put in the saddle, put in the rear reflector, and then a- attach the pedals to the, the, the bike. That was it. Done. Um, so the whole thing took me about 30 minutes because I wanted to make sure I had everything tightened up, ready to go. And it is just a great bike. I've ridden it about four times. Uh, I ride only during the daylight hours. I'm not ready to ride at night yet. So if you're in uh, the YouTube video and you're watching this, you'll see there's no lights on it. Uh, in Florida, we require both helmets and lights uh, for front and rear if you're riding at night. I'm not doing that because it's already dangerous enough. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been a great bike. It is it's a hybrid bike for those that are wondering. It's a hybrid bike. Um, it has 700C thir- by 32 wheels, uh, both front and rear. Uh, these are puncture resistant wheels which is fantastic i should say tires ian's i'm sure and going stop calling them wheels stop calling them wheels <laughs> tires uh <laughs> <controlling> <laughs> myself, <it's> okay <laughs> i know you are puncture resistant tires uh, but it's great and the bike cost me uh with shipping 579 that's pretty good so it that's was uh, it was 30 dollars to ship and it's it's great and i there's a really awesome site if you're into if you're in the bikes or looking into getting into the cycling community and you're not sure like what to get, a really great site for comparing bikes to bikes is 99spokes.com. Not an ad, not a sponsor, just throwing it out there. Very helpful site. Uh, you can put in up to five different bikes you want to compare. So let's say you're looking for uh, a really great urban bike. You want something that's more for a cruiser, whatever it is. If you know brands that are interested in, Cannondale, yada, 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 simply put in what you're looking for or just have them do a search. They can suggest bikes for you that work in your price range. You can click a few things, compare them, and see how the specs were out. This sucker specs for a lot higher uh, and for bikes in its class, but the price is remarkably less. Um, so a bike I was considering was the Trek FX series, and the statistics on this at the price range it comes in blows Trek uh, for that particular type of bike. Um, like, for example, this comes with the kickstand, so I didn't have to like worry about doing that. And it came with a, um, a water cage. Same reason the right terms now. Uh, came with a water cage, but it's, um, I, I remember taking it out for the first day. I, I assembled it on Saturday, uh, two weeks ago. And I said, let me go on Sunday, because it rained on that Saturday. Let me, let me take it out on Sunday for a short spin. Just to make sure everything's checked out correctly. And uh, it, felt, it felt great. I was like, all right, good. I, I, I called Trace. I'm like, hey, listen, I went around the neighborhood, went about half a mile. So far, it's holding up. I'm going to go and take it out for a little bit of a spin. Well, I ended up riding 13 miles that day. <laughs> um, so, and it was, it was great. And the saddle's sporty. It's just, it's a really comfortable bike. You feel it. Obviously it's not a, you know, it's not a fork suspension where you're like, Hey, I feel nothing like you would in a mountain bike, but it's for, for getting around town. Like Ian said, just kind of be able to, you know, sort of feel the wind in your hair. I'm sorry. He didn't say that, but I, I'm saying that, but the feel the wind in your hair and just get out for a little bit was, uh, was very nice. So Are you- now that's, by the way, that's, that's a drop for episode 98 where we talked about yeah. millionaire, millionaire and million hairs um <laughs> but no it's that's that's been the, that's really been the highlight uh of the of the last uh, couple weeks eric so. you, you you've been looking for a bike since last year when when the pandemic hit um because i had been for those who don't know if you're new to the podcast i've been an avid runner for since 2011 uh competitively in races and stuff i'm not certainly elite runner but i would compete very often um i have a smorgasbord of medals uh hanging outside my office here and um we we knew that when the pandemic hit that all of a sudden like just everything was stopped and i'm somebody who doesn't do well with sort of just being sedentary and by working from home all the time in a customer service position and you know not 
competing and training for races. I just, I was like, I'm always here. So, um, and it's, you know, I live in Florida, so running all the time is not convenient because it rains or it's super hot or whatever it is. So I started looking for bikes as a way of just be able to get around and, you know, see my community, go to parks, just all the stuff that people like riding bikes for. And as many people I'm sure know, uh, you could not get a bike anywhere. The pandemic just sales yeah. skyrocketed yeah. for bicycles and you really couldn't get one. Uh, so for uh, six or seven months, I kept trying to find something that was in this class that priority happens to be and i couldn't find anything anything um or if i did find something it's like oh that's a three thousand dollar bike that's cute <laughs> so, so i mean there were e-bikes and even e-bikes that are you know two three four thousand you couldn't even get your hands on so anyway sort of put that on the kibosh for a while and then uh turned the calendar i was like maybe i can check again uh because i started seeing some bikes get restocked and uh came across uh, priorities bike line and just came away very impressed. I, mean, I couldn't find anything negative about them. Uh, really did my homework. And I asked some people who had bought bikes last year or the year before and said, if you were looking for a bike today and you saw this come down, would you consider getting it? And everyone's like, oh yeah, it seems great. I, I think I would, I would like that. So um, I knew I made a right decision. And like I said, the price point is fantastic for what it is. And uh, the good thing is this is a, a, it's a low maintenance bike. So if you're, if you're not an avid cyclist and you don't, you're not good with like, I don't want grease in my pant legs or I don't want to deal with chains and stuff. This has a, what's called a Gates carbon drive. Uh, so it's quiet. There's no grease. There's, it's no movement. Really. It's just a simple carbon belt on a, on a, on the bike. And it's, it's just, it's great. And you can go thousands of miles before you really have to do any maintenance so on the bike. no chain, it has a belt? There's no chain, it's got a belt. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. That's so that's, cool. and that's, and that's been a new thing with bikes. It's, it's been around for a while. So it's not, the technology itself is not very new, but there's no chain, which is great because, and it's only a three speed, which is sufficient for me. Um, I typically keep it in the middle at speed two, only because I like the extra resistance that I get from it but it handles very well on flat roads. And I've gotten the sucker up to like 23, 24 miles an hour going down uh, overpasses. So it's, you know, I, I usually cruise about somewhere between 10 and 15 miles per hour uh, on a flat road. And it's, it's just, it's so great. It's, it's honestly, I haven't owned a bike since I was in high school when my bike got stolen. Oh, um, I've ridden sucks. bikes since, but I haven't owned one since. So this is my, this is my first, I'm 43 and I'm finally owning a bike as an adult. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being a kid and having your bike stolen. Yeah. You know, you, know, you go to school and the, and you know, the chain is, is cut or, you know, you left it somewhere and it come back and it's like, Oh, that's devastating. Fine lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. I, I had a beautiful Rally Grand Prix 10 speed in the 70s. Oh. It was like aluminum frame. I mean, this was like the exotic car, you know, for like a right. kid who was 11 or 12 years old, right? It's like, oh my God. Yeah, I had it one year and it got stolen off the front porch. Right? Oh, so, oh. I bought a new bike uh, two years ago and I ended up getting um, an electric pedal assist mountain bike. 
Mm. Okay. And uh, it set me back 3000 bucks. It wasn't cheap. Yeah. And I got it on sale because it was a, a year and a half year old model or something like that. And I think brand new, they were like 5500 bucks or something. Yeah. But that thing is amazing. You put it in the lowest gear and you can go up the steepest hills just freewheeling. Mm-hmm. And it feels like somebody's shoving you up the hill. It makes going down, yeah. it makes going uphill as fun as going downhill. Yeah. Um, but and it's really neat because you don't need to use the pedal assist at all. You can just turn it on or off whenever you need. So you can, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a twenty one speed. Most of the mountain bikes only tend to be about seven speed because they don't have a second derailleur on the front. They only have it on the back. Yeah. Uh, mine's a Yamaha drive, so it has both. So it's, it's got lots of mm-hmm. uh, power on it. But anyways, um, and it's full suspension, so it has suspension in the front and the back, and it's all Rock Shock stuff. So it's high quality. I love that thing. It's my favorite bike I've ever had. Should be for the yeah. money. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that actually brings yeah. me to a question, Eric. Did you consider doing an e-bike? Because there's like such an explosion in models and choices oh, and prices. Gosh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, really, it's it came down to, um, like, I knew this year, um, I knew that our government here in the U.S. Uh, was going to um, get the um, the American uh, recovery plan um, sort of passed. Thankfully, that finally happened. Uh, so, that, so now that the Recovery Act had gone through, I knew there was going to be some extra money coming in. Um, and I knew that there would be other things trickling in from like tax returns and stuff yeah. like that. But as we come to find out this past week, unfortunate things come up. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, house repairs and things like that. So I, I, I looked into it, but I just knew and, and I knew there were good values to be had on uncertainty bikes. Uh, you can certainly get a good one for under 2000, like a little bit under Wal- 2000. Walmart get- is selling them now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can certainly get some decent ones. I know Costco. Costco even has uh, an e-bike that's relatively inexpensive uh, for what it has. I think it has a range of, is it 20s? Like in the low 20-ish miles. Um, it's again, not bad. Which is with the pedal assist you can get. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I didn't, I felt like for what I wanted out of a bike, the obviously the larger wheels. Because um, a lot those, of e-bikes. Those, is that a 29 or 27? These are these are again seven hundred C. So their their equivalency is close to a twenty seven. Okay, but they're they're called seven hundred C by thirty two. Okay, so yeah, nice nice thin tire, and I pump them to like eighty psi, which is great. The tire, <laughs> the, the well, the they recommend you Rock get them. Hard. You get they say get them up, get them up there. They, that's what they recommend, and because it's really more of a road bike. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't want to go on gravels. You wouldn't want to go on off trails. Um, it can certainly like if I'm going from sidewalk to grass to another sidewalk, it can handle that. I can go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not taking this off the beaten path and and treating it like a BMX. It's certainly not like, a fat tire bike, that's for sure. No, it's not, and that's why I like it so much. It's just it's just a very quick zippy, uh, a fun bike. I've, so, I've noticed um, there's quite a few fat tire guys because um, where we are. Uh, we go for walks quite often. And, and of mm-hmm. course, in the wintertime and stuff, we go on, on trail hikes and stuff. And you wouldn't believe how many tire tracks there are. People just riding these fat tire things all over the snow now because, you know, it's such a wide Yeah, you can get studded tires for them, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I think they look bizarre myself, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a number of those bikes, too. Um, I mean, there was never a shortage of any certain kind of bike. If I wanted to see a road bike, I mean, you could certainly get one with the handlebars and the or a tri-bike, which I never knew how expensive they were until I just happened to see some ads. For them. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, you can really I mean, blow your brains out on bike prices. Like a local yeah, bike I shop, mean, I went in and they had, um, I forget what the make was. It was probably a, um, uh, what's that, a Specialized? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. like $16,000. I mean, you can yep. pick it up with your yeah. pinky because it was all carbon fiber, but moly, moly. No, it's no, it's no, astounding no. nowadays how many bikes there are and what kinds of bikes. And it's it's almost like, um, I don't think, 
it's almost like when you're shopping for um for homes you know like there's just there's just so many different kinds of things you kind of go all right well are you looking for a ranch house are you looking for your traditional farm style house you know and so once you find the style that you're looking for okay okay i want a cottage all right well here's 1900 different options for you oh yeah you know it's like huge yeah it's massive cool well i'm glad uh, that you got something in you know that you can ride around yeah, it, I, I tell you what, we we talked briefly uh, in the past about just sort of what the last year has been. I know we just we just eclipsed uh, the one year mark uh, here in the U.S. from the first um, sighting of COVID, and um, this getting the bike. I mean, g- going out for walks, listening to podcasts, and things have been very cathartic. Um, but but getting the bike really allowed me to now go places I've always wanted to go, but knowing it would take so long to get there by foot and, or maybe there are places where, yeah, I can get there by car, but the experience is just very different. Um, and, uh, it's really cool. Like in heavy traffic hours to just like ride past people like, Oh, you're stuck in traffic. That's nice. That's, yeah. That's cute. Isn't that cute? <laughs> um, but, but it's been, it's been great, uh, to just put on my Spotify playlist, uh, get on the bike and just go. Um, it's been very helpful. I know. I know a lot of there was a some good write ups by Vox Media Group and many others, just about like sort of recapping what the year has been and how its lasting effects have been on our mental states. Yeah. Um, and I know that we we amongst ourselves offline have had conversations about just our feelings from time to time. And I will I will say that you know for our listening audience, I think a lot of you found some. I, I think a lot of the gratitude came from the last show. Because so oftentimes we're, 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 we want to subject ourselves to the distractionary content. We, we like to gravitate towards, let me watch this movie because it's a distraction for two hours. Let me go listen to this podcast because uh, I'm interested to hear what you know, Jerry Seinfeld has to say or whatever. But I think the, the occasional humanity uh, part of it where we, we really delve into the subjects themselves behind the subjects uh, is really important. And um, it's good to have an outlet to say, you know what? Right now, I'm not feeling great today. I want to call my sister. I want to call my uncle. I'm going to call my neighbor. I'm going to call my college roommate that I haven't seen since, you know, 88 or whatever. And, you know, I know I know it's hard. I know we, we talked about some stuff in our last show that either we never talked about before in public or we were sort of – I can imagine you're sort of fearful of what's the backlash. What are, how are people going to respond to these very personal, deep thought provoking and, and quite touching moments. And the response from all of that was very supportive. And it was great to see that um, because we do see that oftentimes in social media, you, you put something personal out into oh, the atmosphere yeah. <laughs> and, and it's usually there's two classes of responses. You have the majority of folks who I think are very empathetic and and very much understanding of what those feelings are uh, because again we're all human and then you have that very small subsect uh who wants to troll and poke and push and prod and do and um it's been very difficult for me personally in the last year uh to really have very very few outlets to release whatever feelings whatever thoughts i've had uh, because of this pandemic and it's been it's been so difficult i mean i've had friends who've died from this disease i'm sorry from the virus um I've, I've had a lot of lost contacts uh over the last year and just the idea that i haven't hugged another human other than my girlfriend in a year um you know the mm-hmm. fact that i haven't dined at a cafe in a year um yeah, there's just so many things that we take for granted 
And finally getting on a bike and going for a ride, just it, it the first ride, just so much of that released. Because I, I felt for a little while just riding around with music in my ears and nothing to think about. Just, I'm just going to ride. And it was the freest moment I've had in so long since this pandemic started. And uh, I know now, like, you know, like I mentioned before, a number of people around me are all being vaccinated uh, in due course. I hope to be in the next month or so uh, also vaccinated. Um, but the idea that we're getting ever so close to the finish line on this thing, uh, it just, I, I, can't, I can't imagine how, just how different it's going to start feeling when the, the very basic of simple things that we used to do, how weird it's going to be to do that yeah. and not feel guilty, but also realize, oh my God, how I've missed this simple thing. And, yeah. and it's, it's just astounding that a bike ride brought all of that to the forefront. Yeah, you're lucky because you got the good weather. I mean, last week I was really feeling it. Like I did a tweet and it was just my way of venting a little bit because I was just feeling really cooped up. And uh, I don't get depressed, but man, I was having a really bad day. And uh, thankfully, a lot of people just kind of reached out and just said, hey, man, you know, if, if you need to talk and stuff, that's cool. Um, but you know, for me, I just got in my car. I was just like, figured out like, what can I do to get out of these doldrums? I mean, I just set everything aside and I said, you know what? I'm going to go for a drive in the car. I got in the car and didn't even pick a destination. I just went northeast to a place I'd never been before. Just kind of drove around, just looked at things. And that, that really helped. And I've been doing that for the last, oh, last week, I guess. Um, every other day or something like that. Just get out of the house. And it, and it helps tremendously to just get out of the house because otherwise you just, you just feel completely cooped up. And I know... My my wife, I mean, bless her soul, she works so hard and she spends, I mean, so much time on the computer working. And even the last couple of days, um, she's been feeling it too. I mean, she came up and she was almost in tears because, you know, my birthday's coming up and she wants to do something. And I said to her, you know, don't stress about it. It's, I mean, birthdays to me are not that big of a deal. But she's like, oh, you know you know, we have friends and I know they've been social distance and I'm not worried about them, but yet, you know, X, Y, and Z has things and, and I'm stressed because I don't think we should go and see them. And this, uh, you know, so as humans, we really, we really crave that, that social interaction. Like we have each other, which is all great, but if you, if you can't mingle with other people, there's just something, you know, it's like that core part that's missing. So yeah. it's really, really getting to people. Um, and I know for her, she was just like, I don't know what to do. And I said to her, don't stress about it. I mean, um, I, I, the last thing I need is for you to get sick, not from COVID, but just being overstressed about trying to think about, you know, do we, or shouldn't we, or where do we go or what do we do that type of thing. So anyways, um, I know for us, what we're planning on doing is, um, because, uh, in, in our little community, they've just started, uh, doing vaccinations cause we don't have a lot going around. I mean, Canada is not like the U.S. We don't have that much vaccine because we have no manufacturing. So we're reliant on whatever we can get out of the U.S. So this past week on the 15th, which was Monday, they started um, vaccinating people that are 80 and over. Mm -hmm. And they were saying the next group were going to be like uh, 60 to 79 or, or anyway, something like that. And they were not hoping to do that until July. Well, now we just got notice that uh, it looks like they're going to start uh, 75 plus maybe next week. So there's... I mean, there's hope now. It's starting to get there. But I know for us, um, we probably won't see anything till you know, July or August at this point. So we were kind of thinking, you know what? We don't want to go anywhere of any substantial value until we get at least one COVID uh, shot in us. So we've been thinking, 
I, it, like typically we take our vacation at the end of uh, July, take a week. And uh, so we've decided, well, she's decided because she's the one that has to take a vacation. I can take vacation anytime I want because of the freedom. Uh, but she's booked it for the end of August. So our plan is to maybe go out to Vancouver, but we're not doing it unless we get our shots mm. so that we, you know, are comfortable that way. So because we were just thinking like, what do we do? Like we have to go somewhere and we don't want to go to uh, places where, you know, we would necessarily have to do, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the self-isolation and all this other stuff. So the U S is, we can't, we just, we just don't feel safe going to the U S right now. So if we stay within Canada, I think we'll be safe and just, just get out of Dodge for a week and then, uh, and see what happens. So anyways, that's kind of the plan. Well, you know, it's subject to, to, to change based on circumstances, but I think that's what we've decided because, you know, for us, we missed out on the whole going to Florida this winter because for us, that's a reset, you know, winter's pretty long. And by February, I, I really get like, I don't have a sad light or whatever those things are. Yeah. I miss right. I, I February. Mean, we're all, we're all over it, man. Yeah. We're so, yeah. Over it. <laughs> so, so for us, I mean, to try to get away for somebody, you know, at the, you know, the last week of uh, January, first week of February for us is like, it's like you come back and it's like a reset. Oh, okay. I'm good for another two months. Right. We haven't yeah. had that this year. So it's, it's, it's extra hard. Um, but now, I mean, you know, we're waking up when we, we can hear the birds now. That's the thing we miss a lot. And so we're hearing mm-hmm. the robins starting to sing now. And it's light getting, at dinner time. It's light at dinner time. Uh, you know, there's no <sighs> snow anymore. It's starting to get warm. We had a nice yeah. 20 degree weather there the other day. You guys got no more snow on your lawn? No, it's all gone. Oh my God. I still have like two, three feet on my phone. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you didn't have anything for like the longest time. You were washing your car and then... And then uh, we got dumped on. You had nothing, and now the opposite. We happened, got so. slammed. Well, I posted some pictures last week mm-hmm. when I had uh, when I'd washed the car outside because it was like I don't know plus seven or some such thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the snow at the end at the end of the lawn where it was piled up was taller than the car. Yeah. I was outside washing it. It was like <laughs> so surreal. We have nothing. No snow at all. It's all gone. I mean, other than the parking lots where it's kind of like shoveled up and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's nothing out here. So anyways, it's encouraging. We're starting to get some sunny days. It's warming up a little bit. Like I said, the birds are out, and that makes me happy. Um, I'm just waiting for a, a – I mean, I have a, a – um, I think it's April 2nd. I have an, uh, an appointment to get my car fully detailed this time. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it. I'll, I'll pay somebody to do it. So I'm looking forward to that, and that just kind of resets the clock for me too. So anyways. I, um, I haven't had a group outing meal since EV&T's. Yeah, when when I know we all feel. got together, it's yeah. it's been crazy. And and what's interesting, um, in in thinking back to that, and I, and I I'll tell the audience this because we talked about it um, offline ourselves. The hope that I have, at least, uh, is that we'll all be vaccinated uh, here uh, in the U.S. as much as we can for those of us that were part of our circle. And the hope would be that we can finally do the trip that we didn't do last year. Uh, which is to drive up from Florida uh, to do the reverse Ian trip to drive up from Florida uh, to the Canadian provinces, visit you guys up there, cool. uh, spend some time in your, in the Canadian summer. I've never been to Canada. Uh, so it would be a first for sure. And I'm like, whatever documentation the Canadian government says I have to have, I'm like, listen, you want birth vaccination uh, passport, vaccination records. <laughs> you want my tuberculitis um, or tuberculosis. You want my uh, MMRs, like whatever you want. Like I'll, I'll give you, you know, you want blood samples, urine samples, uh, whatever it is to, to be able to cross the border. Um, you know, you want me to show you that I love maple syrup? That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I, I will slather myself in maple syrup and cover myself in rooster feathers. I don't care. That'll do um, it. But I, I, I um, that, just the thought of that brought me to happy tears the other day. Um, because number one, road trips are fun. 
uh, I've never taken one with this car, which would be fantastic. Um, but to just the idea of seeing you guys in person in Canada this summer is something that even a few months ago seemed an unimaginable thing. And right now, because of what we're doing here in the U.S., it feels like that's possible. Yeah. And, and right now, that's all I need is just that it's possible. I'm not going to hinge my hope on it. I'm not optimistic. But just the idea that it could happen, I hope for that. Listen, even if you can't come in the summer months, you can always come in the fall, like late September, you know, kind yeah. of up into mid-October. Fall. It's a fall summer, 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 now, is, yeah. summer is easy because I live with a teacher. So obviously yeah, we want yeah, to bear, bear, keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, if, if the, I mean, that's that's allows us no, like I can drive up and down as long as it takes because it's summer vacation. But uh, yeah, there's just, uh, man, <laughs> the, I, we're not at the point of having plans. Um, I heard today there was a, a friend of ours who had a cruise vacation planned this summer and the cruise line called to cancel because uh, they're still not ready for that. So I know I know there's a lot of things we're still not ready for. Um, I know that uh, if you listen to the show long enough, I know Trevor and I are both avid cruise people. We love cruising. Um, Ian, would you say you're, uh, an, I know you're not an avid cruiser, but do you like the thought of cruising? I like the endless supply of food and drink. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong yeah right yeah I, so I, yes it, it it you know we just would have a hell of a lot of fun the bunch of us on a cruise i'll tell you that. yeah it would it would be fun but even like that there's i mean we're still not ready to plan uh even a simple trip to disney world you know i know uh disneyland california uh, just announced are going to begin opening opening up very soon yeah. to think that they've been closed for a year and disneyland florida i'm sorry disney world i should say in florida has been open for a while so um yeah it it's it's astounding what um it's just, it's amazing to me what normal once was. I don't think we'll get back to that sort of in a way. And I, and I don't mean this uh, harshly, but the way that 9-11 changed things in terms of how we travel, um, I, I feel like the pandemic certainly is going to cause people to change their habits um, as they travel, yeah. uh, whether it's wearing extra masks or washing hands more thoroughly or whatever it may be. But uh, I also I also kind of hear, I fear the opposite too, which is, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling is the number of people who will be like, I got vaccinated, who did not get vaccinated, um, and will try to use that to their advantage. Um, so I'm like, I'm hoping people don't F with this. Like, if you're going to get vaccine shots, get it. Uh, if you don't want to, just kind of stay away for a while. Um, but yeah, it's 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 hard to think that uh, we've gone this far and we're still ever so far from You're right finish. in a lot of ways because with 9-11, I mean... You know, there was always hijackings, and then you had 9-11, and then through all the security measures that they changed, we haven't had any more problems with that. So it's certainly changed the way that things go, and I think in some respects, I mean, let's face it, we haven't had a pandemic this bad in over 100 years. So now what's going to happen is that, uh, you know, public places and stuff are going to take um, hygiene a lot more seriously. Um, people are going to start thinking a little bit. It, it, this is definitely going to change people. Things are not going to yeah. be, I mean, things will go back to normal in, in a sense of like, it'll be a new normal in a lot of ways. But, you know, humans are very much, are, the human species is very much a reactionary species. Like we don't like yeah. to think in advance and plan in advance all that much. Not for these kind of things. It's like, oh my God, let's make a bunch of, you know, protocols now. So the thing is, is that what, what, this, is, what this is doing for us in a modern um, society, because like like the last pandemic that happened, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but the last pandemic was, you know, the Spanish flu. This is the early 1900s. We didn't have air travel. We didn't have, uh, you know, 
you know, social media to blow things out of proportion or this or that or the other thing. So it was a very different time. This is the first time that we've had a, uh, a pandemic of this caliber in the modern times. So there is going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be changed. And it's it, it's actually good in, in a way because it's going to put us in a better position to be able to handle the next one that comes along mm-hmm. because we're setting ourselves up, you know, f- with better protocols and, and whatever else that, that happens. So it, it's, it's terrible that this has happened, but I think there's going to be a lot of positives out of it. We just got to get past the thing that, well, things can't be 100% the way they were, much like air travel. Um, is annoying because now you got to go through a bunch of security and all this other stuff. Uh, so, anyways, that's my. But I also I also feel like it's important for people to understand um, that science matters in so many ways, and we've seen um, prior to the current U.S. administration, we saw the prior administration basically pluck people out from very important roles uh, and cut funding to a number of different initiatives uh, that would have caught this earlier. And would likely have had sort of triggered, oh, we need to we need to enact this thing. We have to do that plan that we set out to do to protect us. And we just let it we let it happen. And, you know, most countries around the world revered the CDC and look at the CDC for guidance on how do we manage and mitigate these issues. And so there was a lot of I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, this is not strictly a U.S. issue or China or the EU or anything else. This is a global issue. And as a, as a species, we failed. Um, but this is also proof positive. Always finds a way. Always finds a way. And it is important to listen to our scientists and take their guidance seriously uh, to make sure that if they suggest wear a mask or wash your hands for 20 seconds or, uh, you know, roll up your left pant leg past your knee, like whatever, whatever scientists <laughs> tend to say. You know, we, we ought to, you know, take, I mean, of course, I'm just being unjust in the third one, but, but really we need to listen to scientists. I mean, uh, it's, it's just, if, if there's anything we've discovered about ourselves in this entire pandemic is that the human connection that we value so greatly, um, but yet take for granted every day, um, science is saving it for us. Yeah. Science and only science is saving it for us. And uh, I mean, it just, there's so much gratitude that I know we have for everybody that's part of this. Um, you know, we are, my heart goes out to all the families that have suffered uh, in the last year and continue to suffer, but damn it, man, science, science wins all the time. And uh, a lot of people didn't listen when they were supposed to and still don't. So I'm, I'm curious out of um, both your jur- jurisdictions, cause you guys live in a different place than I do. I mean, what are the mm-hmm. cases like? Are they, are they actually finally going down now? Oh, not here in Florida. No, we're going back up again. Oh, that's the that's there's a new strain. I think it's B.1.1.7. I think it is. Um, like it's a, a it's it's the very update. it's a very <laughs> contagious strain uh, oh. first detected overseas. Um, and there are businesses here in Florida, uh, various counties. So it's not limited to any one location where they're opening up bars and restaurants and people are going unmasked and, you know, places and be like, can I get another beer? You know, and and, and you guys have got spring break coming up, too. Well, there was there was videos coming out of Clearwater um, with spring breakers and stuff. I mean, the, the problem the problem I think is we're we're so damn close to the finish line on this thing, and I understand and I totally understand people's need to be like I just I just want to break free of this guard, um, but it's not helpful when 
by doing that, by sort of just relaxing even a little bit right now, when we're maybe, maybe four to six weeks out from like vaccinating everybody in Florida that wants to get vaccinated. Um, when you're that close, don't screw it up. Like just don't. Yeah. And, and, and you're seeing numbers start to plane off and maybe go up a little bit um, because there's this new contagious strain going around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's Florida. We're, we're, we're just, I mean, our governor is termed death Santis uh, because of how he's handled this entire thing. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not getting better here. It's getting worse before it gets better. How about you, Ian? What are you seeing in your neck of the Well, world? I'm really happy overall with, with how Quebec's performed. I mean, we got off to a terrible start because of course, what really, really did us in was the uh, CHSL days, which are the, uh, the residences you know the the public residences for um, for the older age population for seniors, and they just got slammed. I mean, yep. in the early days out of uh, out of the eight or nine thousand deaths that we had, you know, early on in Canada, six thousand were just from those facilities in this one province. They got just devastated, and you know, there's a, a lot of blood on people's hands here for how those places were managed. Um, the, a lot of the bad practices, how employees were traveling from one center to the other, you know, mm-hmm. they were infected. They didn't even know. Anyway, we won't get into all that, how that was bad. Same but if, yeah, that, that's not isolated to us. That happened in uh, a lot happened of regions. Here too. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, those are the most vulnerable populations, right? And just the precautions just weren't taken early on. So that, that really threw us for a loop. It was really sad. Uh, and I know some people who lost their parents in that. So, you know, it was close to home, but after that, I think we buckled down, and for the most part, uh, we did a pretty good job. I mean, throughout the summer, um, you know, and going into the fall, on and off, there were there were raids. People or you know, police were coming in and finding fifty people in one house, type of thing. Kids having a big party, but they tended to be fewer and far between. And then, you know, when things got really bad in the winter, uh, they cracked down hard. Like, you know, we had um, a curfew go into effect, which is still in effect now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, they've loosened, they backed it off by about an hour to account for daylight savings, give people a little bit more grace. But, you know, it, tough measures worked. It really brought our case numbers down. We're, we're really, really going down now. Um, word from uh, the medical community here is they're bracing for a third wave in the spring. Again, they're, they're fear, um, the big fear, of course, is these more contagious variants. And as people start to get out and do more group activities and things. So I think at this point, they're, um, I don't say they're fear-mongering. That sounds negative. But I think they're trying to beat some sense into us again and say, look, we're not over this thing yet. We're close to the finish line. And to sort of to put a spin on what Eric just said, like, don't take your foot off the gas. Like, I see regions that are doing that. It's like, yeah, we're okay now. Are you guys nuts? We're months away from the general population being vaccinated and we'll be in the clear. Now is not the time to screw around. Yeah. So I think Quebec's got the right attitude on it. Right now, our numbers are good. I pray, pray, pray they stay that way. I really hope they do because, you know, we're, we're within sight. We can see it, you know, like we, we're, we're, we've toughed it out a year. We can do another two, three months. I know it's hard, yeah. but man, we're that close, you know? And it's great. It was great to see today uh, when we were taping the show on Thursday that Mexico and, and Canada are getting about 4 million combined vaccination vials from the U.S. government. So I think two and a half million are going to Mexico, one and a half million are going to Canada. So obviously going back to what Trevor said, it's good that they're going to be going in the arms of people who really need the most right now to sort of, to your point, Ian, of the people who are most vulnerable uh, to get that. But um, it's, it's, it's amazing to think that we've seen pandemics happen in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, 
for many a year here in North America. And we think, oh, that's never coming here. And this came home to roost very quickly. Um, and it, and it's amazing. To, I mean, I, there's, if you were to flash back a year ago and ask everybody, do you think it's good? Do you think you'll be in the same position a year from now? And everyone's going to be like, no, we'll figure this out. I mean, we're talking what we're hunkered down for a month. Okay. I can, I can do a month. Okay. How about 13 months? You know? Um, and it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing what we've, we've gone through and people, what led us to the pandemic starting those behaviors you alluded to, those behaviors that got it so bad early on, people are resorting back to that because now the snow is melted and the sun is out again and businesses are opening up and people are taking off their masks. They feel like they're safe. And I'm like, guys, we can't, we can't go back to where we were. You gotta, gotta keep going. That's it. And and the thing that I really hope that we take out of this is that there's a larger problem here that's been talked about. If you go digging for it, you know, there's, there's quite a, a strong discussion, you know, within the scientific community and the scientific journals and so on. But, you know, we've been messing with nature for too long. And a lot of these things that are coming out of the woods is because we're encroaching way, way too much on nature itself. Like, I mean, we're destroying all these natural habitats for wildlife. They've got nowhere else to go. You know, the more different species of animals we keep eating, you know, some of which really aren't a good idea. Uh, you're, you're really playing with fire here, you know, like nature's going to get you. So we, we've got to kind of figure out a balance. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we all have to turn vegan tomorrow. That would obviously be a huge improvement, but I mean, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're way ahead of the curve there. You know, like it's, <laughs> I'm trying little bits and pieces. No, no, it's good. It, meatless I'm, Monday I'm is always a good start. Yeah, exactly. Any small step that you can make, but I mean, even if we don't do that, if we just farm animals responsibly and, uh, and you know, in, in, in a kind way, I mean, there's there's uh, organic farming. There's all sorts of things we can do and respect the territories, like try and preserve all of these critical areas around the world for wildlife species so that they have their space and we have ours. This is what's got to happen. I mean, you know, we're this is only going to get worse as these species get displaced. Uh, we're, we're really, really messing around here with something I mean, this could get far worse if we don't get it under control. Well, absolutely, because if you're thinking about, I mean, you know, well, a lot of these species we don't normally encounter. So they're mm-hmm. living off in the bush or in the jungle, whatever, and uh, now we're encroaching, and then, you know, contact. So stands yeah. a reason, you know, you're going to get stuff that's going to jump species and stuff. So yeah, That's it. Yeah. Um, anything more oh, positive? Did you know that, <laughs> I was going to say, that for, about a little over 40% of U.S. land is used for livestock. No, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And that's, and that's and that's the thing is, you know, I, I remember um and I've talked about this on the show in the past. Uh I love Carl Sagan. I know I think we're all Carl Sagan geeks. I know off of Ian's shoulder, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see some Carl Sagan's right, right there. Carl Sagan wrote about um uh, in one of his stories in Cosmos about the pale blue dot. Uh if you obviously heard the audio, you can find that on YouTube. It's fantastic. Um, but one of the things that he talks about in that uh wonderfully written monologue is the idea that from space, you see no borders. There's no territories. It's just a bunch of land masses. And the one thing I've always learned um, from my affinity for space is that we too often take for granted what nature has given us. And we are fortuitous in that we can live on a place where we're not consistently being bombarded by space junk, even though we know there are planets that constantly are uh, especially our gas giants in our own solar system. Uh, we know that we have built-in defense systems to protect us and alert us of such things through technology, again, science. Um, yet we we look at land 
And because we are different from where we grow up, we're different in our skin color, we're different in our ethnicities, we're different in our languages. We tend to look at someone who isn't us and the goal in early humanity and our throughout our history was, I'm going to take what I believe is rightfully mine. Who are you? That is mine. Get out of here. And so we continue this mentality with resources, right? We need land for grazing cattle. We need land for growing crops. We need uh, to harvest oil from the ground for fuel. Uh, we just We just keep destroying the very thing that nature is providing us. Rather than learning how to live with it, we're using it as if we're the superior species and taking it as if we are entitled to it. We haven't been very good stewards with it. We have to shift. We have to shift away from this is mine for the taking to we are only another organism among other organisms. And we need to learn to live among it, not above it. Exactly. And whatever we take, we should be replacing. So things like if you're cutting down forests, we got to replant and, uh, you know, do the right thing. Maybe replant two or three times as much. Yeah. Um, because that, 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 that is one of the worst things that, that, uh, that you can do is, um, is not replenish what you use. Uh, oil is one thing, but I'm talking about renewable things like yeah. trees and stuff. If you're going to cut it down, replant, um, you know, it doesn't cost that much. There's there's some terrific initiatives going on. I'm I'm starting to get hope again. You know, um, where uh, actually I was on Long Way Up. Where you saw where the boys stopped. Were they? Um, was it in Colombia? Was it in Chile or Colombia where they stopped off at that um, that little? Um, was kind of like um, they were doing a reforestation project. Yes. Out in the middle of the jungle, and they stayed there overnight. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. There was like thousands of acres of land just in the span of about ten years that they were able to reforest. And it was simply, you know, helping out the local communities who were just, you know, they were left with nothing. In a lot of cases, these people are desperate because they have no other source of income, you know, so they're, they're selling the lumber, whatever it is, out of the forest to stay alive. So if you give them something else to live on, you know, repurpose them and make them stewards of these lands, you can save huge quantities of them. You know, it's so many of it, so much of it is just a little tweaking, Um there, there's so much of that can be done. Just turn things around that people don't have to rely on sacrificing these areas. You know, give them hope, give them a, a better future, and and, and we can pervert, uh, we can preserve so many, uh, so yeah. many of these things. Yeah. Unfortunately, corporations have been running amok for too long, and you know, it's just like yeah. now you've got some of the corporations realize, yeah, okay, we got to change our ways and actually, you know, give back. And then you yep. got other ones who do, you know, uh, ecological theater. You know, it's just like, you know, we're just going to do yeah. the bare Greenwash. minimum. Yeah, exactly. Just to make it yeah. look like we're doing something. But yet yeah. we're still going to cut down the forest when your back is turned or something. I, so, I have faith that, sorry, I was going to say, I just have faith that the generation coming up are hip to this. You know, like they know oh, yeah, the people definitely. And the people who are really out there to improve things. And we're, they're we're not of a genera- yeah, we're of a generation where like, we've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. Um but the kids today, they get it. They're they're very finely tuned in. I mean, I can talk to my son, he can talk your ear off about all this stuff. They are very finely tuned in to the ecological situation. Yeah. Um, so the current generation that's coming into place, uh, hopefully if things don't go really, really bad, they have a fighting chance of being able to you know, take this movement that's happening and really push it to the forefront and stuff. So. Well, I also think, and this kind of goes back to politics a bit too, which is it's a, while the younger generation of, of global citizens understands um, our relationship with nature and how we ought to be good stewards of our planet, 
it's it's more than just like the ambition of going to Mars is fantastic, right? We like we love the idea of these NASA missions and all the other uh, countries that are sending probes and other uh, landing robots to the moon and Mars and beyond. But it's it's one thing to be explorers of the great unknown of outer space. There's so much that science can teach us about what we're doing here on Earth. And much of what we do in space is helping us learn about how to make things better for us here on Earth. Um, but the other thing is, it's went and going back to politics, which is it's not just important for young voters to be part of the political process. Run for office if you believe that the policies you stand for are not being represented in government. Um, here in the U.S., we see the overwhelming majority of our um, federal government uh, representatives that are elected officials. The majority of them are white males. We don't see a lot of minorities, although we're seeing more and more of those, especially for different ethnicities. Uh, we're seeing more women running for office, not always winning. Um, but it's important that we're consistently finding representation in government. And a lot of people, when they um, finally get into office, usually stay in office until there's a challenger who's willing to stand up for it and make that fight happen. It's good to see progressive ideas come to the forefront. We're seeing an advance in electric vehicle design. We're seeing an advance in um, renewable energy resources. We're seeing an advance in medicine. I mean, we just made the fastest turnaround time for a vaccine, and it's happened by more than one company with the mRNAs. So we're, there, we know, we know that there's so much power behind ingenuity and science and and just just this breath of fresh air that young people can bring. Um, but yeah, don't wait. Don't wait for someone else hoping they're going to bring that to you. Go get it yourself. If you think you can do better, then go. I ran for office before. I didn't fare as well as I'd hoped. But damn it, I put myself out there and tried and got ideas out to the forefront that some people then took onto themselves and said, yeah, that actually is a novel idea. We should be doing that. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, really. and Or join campaigns or whatever it is to help, you know, support the candidates that you think are going to make a difference. Because, you know, change doesn't happen by itself. It requires people getting up to do something about it. Yeah, it, it doesn't always have to be political, too. It can be just at home. Like, put solar panels sure. on your house. Uh, change your light bulbs to LED. Start using less water. Uh, these are all things. I, I'm, I'm fortunate in the house that I live in. It doesn't take much to run this house. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I'm anal about running off and, and turning off lights that are not supposed to be on, you know, that, that type of thing. <laughs> That's just me. Um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of things that you can do, uh, you know, because the technologies have all come up and they've all come down to price now. So these are all things you can do inside the house. I mean, my house is a very much a smart home. Like literally every light bulb in this house, I can control via an app on my phone. So, you know, with that comes things like automation. If you're not home, the systems can detect when you're not there, turn off the lights. So these are all little things you can do at home and it doesn't cost all that much. Well, uh, anything else we want to talk about? Or is this <laughs> going to be our podcast for tonight? <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think that's that's pretty good. I, I will say that um, we're, we're approaching our, our 100th show. Mm -hmm. And I do want to thank the listeners for coming along with us these past 99 episodes. Um, if we're on episode 99, then this means I have one regular rotation episode coming up. Uh, so whenever our last, sh uh, or I'm sorry, our last show, whenever our 100th show comes around, it will be my last rotational uh, episodes. I'll be making spot appearances from that point forward, but I will tell you that uh, I am so grateful and humbled uh, to have been part of this experience with you guys. Um, it has been so much fun, and I know our audience is not always 
uh, rooting for us to succeed. I know some people are, are antagonists just because they can. Um, but the overwhelming feedback we get from an audience on a weekly basis, your enthusiasm, your energy, your appreciation, your your desire for so much knowledge. Um, I know that our friend Raj is thinking of doing a podcast himself. And one of the questions that he got after that was, how are you going to be different from everybody else? And my thing is, you could have 1,000 different kinds of podcasts talk about Tesla vehicles, and they're all going to be different because we're all smart, opinionated, entertaining people, and there will be something you'll learn from everyone. And there are certainly times I've irked people on this show. I get it. I've had my long rants on the environment and Lord knows how many other things. Um, but through it all, you guys have stuck with us the entire time. So I, I just want to share my sentiments now because I know next week or whenever we do our 100th show, uh, we'll be full of Tesla news and Elon's going to do something he shouldn't have done. Or, you know, <laughs> you know we'll, we'll focus we on some other... count on it. It gives us something to talk about. I know. Every, every single time. Um, you know, something's going to happen with Austin or Berlin or whatever. But um, I just wanted to say thanks for, uh, for 99 good episodes. Well, it's always been our pleasure, and oh, yeah. uh, like I awesome said, we have ride, one man. more to go with Eric, and then stuff. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. he'll he'll still be he'll still be a regular once in a while. So, yeah. Well, having said that, Ian, uh, why don't you go first and tell where uh, people can have a chat with you if they'd like? Well, on Twitter, you can find me. The handle is at Ian Pavelko. Uh, private messages are open, so if you want to DM me, no problem. Fire away. Um, you can find me at Tesla Owners Online under the handle Mad Hungarian. If you have a question on um, particularly wheels and tires, that's mostly what I talk about, but anything you feel like, uh, just ping me up there. Just put at Mad Hungarian, and uh, I will appear. And finally, if you're looking for something in the way of Tesla wear, you can visit my little shop online at uh, teespring, teespring.com. Mad Hungarian of all wear is what you search for when you're there. Trev is usually kind enough to put a link to that in the show notes. So you can, you can go look that up. Cool. All right. How about you, Eric? You guys can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX. That's E-C-F-I-X. If you're on YouTube, you can see it down in that corner. Um, I never know which corner it's in. <laughs> I, think, I think it's right here one, on my left. One of the corners. Um, yeah. It's on one of the corners. Uh, ECFIX. Uh, you can also uh, have a podcast, a weekly podcast, which we didn't do a show this week for reasons aforementioned in this show. Uh, but the weekly podcast is called Call Me Curious. It's a 10-minute uh, topical, trivial podcast uh, where I give you interesting facts about the strange world around us. Um, one of the cool things, uh, what did I learn today? I forgot something I was going to mention for, th- oh, uh, do you know where the majority of cereal comes from in America? Kellogg's. Kellogg's. But where, where is that? That is in, uh, Michigan. So majority, overwhelming majority of cereal is fabricated, made, grown, cr- uh, harvested, all stuff in Michigan. So just little things you don't really think about, but now that you know, well, now um, so subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you'll learn all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, we've had really fun episodes. Um, I think now we're in episode 34 or 35 was the last one. Uh, so again, you can listen to the show. Um, I don't know how much longer I'll keep going with the show because uh, <laughs> it is a painstaking process, but I appreciate the uh, 88 listeners who listen on a weekly basis. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, it doesn't matter. If you listen to this podcast and you really like it, go to iTunes. iTunes is the best place because I look at the metrics on this podcast and the people that listen to the audio format, it all comes from iTunes. So if you like the show, go to iTunes and give us give us a rating, give Eric a rating, whatever, because all yeah. that stuff helps because it, it spreads the audience out and more people can listen to us. So, having said that, I guess I'm the last guy. All right. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter. The handle's Tesla Owners Online. 
Don't forget to check out our forum. You can join for free. It doesn't cost you anything. We have an awesome community there at teslaownersonline.com. Got some really cool stuff happening real soon. I'll let you guys in on that a little bit later. And uh, I guess that's about it. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next show. See you guys. Silent take, take care of yourselves. Distance, mask, vaccinate, eat, drink, sleep, milkshakes, yogurt, call your mom. <laughs>